GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and joining me as always, uh, sitting across the computer from me. And by computer, I mean he's in his house. Uh, <laughs> Hovercraft Joe. Uh, what's up, LPJ? How's it going? Good, good. And we have another special guest on the show yeah. today. Someone we've been trying to get on for a long time. Yes, that's true. It's yeah. not Sphinx either. We've no. been trying to get him off for a long time. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, me, your friend, JCVD. <laughs> Hello, my friends. I am here to talk about my fantastic movie, Universal Soldier. I am so happy to share it with you all. I was wondering if he was going to make an appearance. It's good to, good to hear your voice, JCVD. Oh, it's good to hear your voice as well. Uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of coke, and uh, that's about it. Oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, JCVD. He'll be back later. Um, we have another special guest, who someone we've been trying to get the podcast for a very long time. Uh, and finally, thanks to this pandemic, we're able to. Uh- I like to think of it as like before I was being kept off because the fact that where you recording where you recording would kill me. Now just everything in the outside world could kill me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so you, you can record finally safely in your own house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Dave, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining Dave. us. Yeah, Dave, good, fi- good to finally have you on. I'm really excited. I'm stoked. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that I am the most qualified guest that you've ever had because I have a, <laughs> I have a film degree from Wayne state university. So, which I don't use, but you know, <laughs> you didn't know you, you didn't apply it at all while you were watching this movie. No, I mean, I guess I did probably a little bit. There's a lot of mise-en-scene and you know, <laughs> but, um, I, I would like to say, I'm not gonna be super technical because I forgot everything that I learned <laughs> in college. Just telling you kids college is a scam. <laughs> Whoa. That's a big, Big political statement starting at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, uh, first of all, a gigantic assumption thinking kids listen to this. <laughs> I think well, your kids listen to this. You know. <laughs> Not if I can help it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, and we kind of we touched on it, but we're here to talk about uh, 1992's Universal Soldier, the Jean Claude Van Damme classic. Question oh, yeah. mark? No, it's it's no. There's no question mark. This is a Jean Claude Van Damme classic. <laughs> Like, as far as, like, his pantheon of movies go, this is up there, and I would say top, easily top five popularity. Um, yeah. You know, and I would say top five best. I mean, it's like, you know, I looked up, like, you know, we won't get into the box office numbers yet, but as of the movies, he actually, like, you know, stars in, not like, you know, he's in, like, you know, Kung Fu Panda as a voice. This is, like, his second most successful movie after Time Cop. Yeah. Well, huh. I guess I didn't realize that, but um yeah, I mean, I mean it's I mean, I guess we'll kind of jump right into this when we kind of talk. I mean, we'll get to you next day, but like kind of talking about like, you know, our I've never this is my first viewing of the movie. 
Um, I had, you know, obviously knew it existed. I had heard of it, but I never sat down and watched it. Uh, I, I do remember um, going to the movie theaters to see uh, Universal Soldier of the Return oh, in yeah. 1999 with uh, LPJ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and there are, uh, we'll get to it more, but there are a lot of like sequels and stuff like that to this movie. Ooh, yeah. But, <laughs> but Dave, you brought this movie to us. Is there any, you know, particular fondness or reason why you decided to go with this one? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it came out and, um, you know, it's actually kind of a, you, I think it's always funny that when you guys talk about like, you know, oh, you know, this came out then. So we would have definitely, we'd have had to see it on video or something because, you know, we were too young. I was 10 and I definitely saw this in the theater. <laughs> because I've been going to R-rated movies since I was like five or six. I was that kid. So I, yeah, I saw this at the, um, the Canton theater. My dad took my brother and I, and I loved it. Like I had seen other Van Damme movies like on TV and such because like, you know, they were on channel 20 all the time. But then I saw this one and like, I'm like, this movie's amazing. Also, I, I was a huge Dolph Lundgren fan because I, uh, I, I had a VHS copy of his uh, Punisher movie, which you just watched the other day for the first time, Joe. Yeah, and uh, I, I love that. So like, it's like, and this was like the first Van Damme movie where he ever, there was anyone who was ever co-billed with him. You know, like it, it was always just the Van Damme show before, and this is like Van Damme and Dolph, and it was like it was a huge deal for me because like these were like these were these were like channel the our like UHF channel in Detroit is channel 20. And these t- two were channel 20 staples, you know, <laughs> like you have, you know, you know, van blood sport kickboxer. Then you had, you know, Rocky four red scorpion, you know, like all these movies I had seen a bunch of times and like masters you know, of like, the universe master. Oh yeah. Masters <laughs> universe. You know? So yeah, like I was really excited when it came out and then when I saw it, I just, I just loved it. You know, and I, I probably went to the theater three times to see it back when you were before when VHS is when they would first come out and they were so expensive and this for like the first like year, you know, we, I rented it probably 20 times and buying a used copy of the, of the VHS. And yeah, this was, I was a huge fan. And that, you know, also I have a, a special story about a prop from this movie that we'll talk about later. Ooh. Uh, what about you, uh, LPJ? I know this is a favorite of yours as well. Yeah. Well, we'd all know my history with Jason. <laughs> um, I've seen I would not every one of his movies, but pretty close. And I was I was so pumped for this movie to come out. I remember the trailers, remember the commercials for it. I never got a chance to see it in the theater, um, but I did see it as soon as it was available to rent. I rented it uh, and I watched it at least twice. And man, it was I I, I like I I have a hard time believing that you and I didn't sit down and watch this together at one point, Joe. Yeah, I know. It is surprising because we, I mean, we did watch a decent amount of Van Damme movies together, but this is honestly one that I had definitely not seen. And, and once we get into kind of some of the plot of it, I will tell you how, like, very stunned I was how this movie started. I was very unaware. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, but... Um, uh, as we talked about, 92, its release date is July 10th of 1992. Um, a budget on this of $23 million, it's a pretty respectable budget. Um, box office, domestic 36, and I had a worldwide of $80 million. So yeah. pretty good uh, return of investment for them on this movie. And this was the kind of movie that like was tailor-made for video. You know, make, even, I mean, it's still a fairly big deal now, but back in the, in the old days, you know, action movies were just like, you know, sometimes they even didn't even, you know, 
had to go, have to go to the you know theaters to be a hit like this this was huge on video yeah you know, oh was, yeah there were a lot of yeah the, the whole you kind of you kind of lose it now because video stores are kind of dried up and gone but you know the after release kind of market was was huge i mean there were a whole series of movies that were made specifically for vhs only yeah um, and, and obviously that's kind of the same case now where they do just digital releases of certain certain films but but yeah the vhs market was gigantic and and jcvd was raking in the bucks as far as that whole genre goes yeah <laughs> um so the uh rotten tomatoes for universal soldier is 29 okay, percent yeah <laughs> uh and an audience score of 46 percent. so yeah. and that seems pretty that seems that seems right to me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like that crazy to me that that's that's what it is. I, you know, I thought maybe the audience score might tick up a little bit higher, but you know, sometimes that surprises me. Yeah, yeah, um, that's definitely surprising to me. This film is you gotta you gotta like Jean Claude Van Damme films and films like this to enjoy this film. This is not a casual viewing for people who just happen to pick it up off the shelf. Yeah. So, uh, kind of moving into the top grossing movies of 1992, uh, number one is Aladdin. Okay. Great. My favorite Disney movie. Uh, number two, uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And number three, Batman Returns. Um, now, we've only done uh, one other movie from 1992. Uh, do, do you remember what it is, uh, LPJ? From 92. Was mm-hmm. it... Very recent. Well, recent as in episodes that have come out, not as in when we recorded it. Right. Uh, was it Roadhouse? No, it was number 36 for the top grossing movies, Passenger 57. Oh, that's right. Wow, that seems low. And then this one was number 40 for the year. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if we were still doing openings, it would have been an easier one for 92 because we haven't hit it that much. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then finally closing out the numbers, as per usual, we will get into the net worth. Um, I only did three. So we'll start with our, our female lead, Allie Walker. Any guesses on Allie Walker's uh, net worth? Well, she was she was on that, uh, like, wasn't she like the profiler or something show she had like back in the 90s? Sure. <laughs> I I think you know I think she could be surprising. I think she could be maybe worth like a million. Yeah. Okay. LPJ? I'll say you know what? I'll say two million. Just the, guys, just the price is right this. You guys are lowballing Ellie Walker. She has eight million dollars. Wow, Not really? Bad. Yeah. That is really surprising. Okay, good for her. Okay. What about uh Dolph Lundgren? What do you guys See, think about Dolph Lundgren? I feel like he works constantly. And he seems like he's good with his money. Also, he just got engaged. So I can follow him on Facebook. <laughs> um, but because uh, he's listening, um, <laughs> of course, I'm going to I'm going to take a pretty generous step. I'm going to say 40 million. OK, what about you, LPJ? Uh, I'm not going to go that generous. I'll say 25 uh, closer. 15 million for Dolph Lundgren. OK, OK. And that, and then finally, uh, JCVD himself. What do you think? I feel like he, at some point, he was probably worth a lot more. I'm going to say twenty million. Okay, uh, cool. six. 
Oh wow, you guys are lowballing JCVD forty million dollars. You know what? You know good, what? F- good for him. Yeah, he works a lot too. Like he puts out like two or three movies a year, and yeah, probably gets a couple million a piece. So yeah, it makes sense. He's probably figured out he can't spend all his money now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can only do so much cocaine. <laughs> um, and uh, if you haven't been able to tell, there's no Sphinx on this episode, but I did look into the taglines a little bit, and I'm going to go through them with you. Okay. I'm going to. Would you Would you like me to start with go from best to worst or worst to best? What do you think? Is, well, uh, what... I have a feeling this is subjective, so you do yeah. what you do. Okay, I'm going to start with what I think are the worst ones. Okay. The first, the the first one being robots run amok. Because I'm like, that's, are they robots? That's they are not robots. <laughs> I have a, I have a, we will get into that more. But I'm like, are they robots? I, they're not even cyborgs. I don't think. <laughs> okay. So then we have genetically enhanced machines. No, they're not Which is machines. like, they're not machines. <laughs> so that one's not great. Then we have. The future has a bad attitude. Not the future. (laughs) Okay. Then we have uh, almost human, almost perfect, almost under control. That one's fairly good. It's it's accurate. It's better. (laughs) And then finally, uh, this is my favorite one. The ultimate weapons of the future have just declared war. On each other. Yeah, see, I, that one works. It, it works, but at the same time, I still, there's no indication it's the future. I feel like it's just, <laughs> well, I think, you know. I think they meant, like, at the time this came out, okay, they're like yeah. the future of warfare. Hold, hold, not, on, okay. hold on. This movie takes place in 1994. It came out in 1992. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. So if by future oh. they mean two years into the future, then yeah. okay. Well, that was kind of a thing in movies back then, is that they would really underestimate the time it would take for stuff to happen. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. <laughs> like, probably in two years, we'll uh, be able to bring dead people back to life and turn them into uh, genetically yeah. enhanced soldiers, Hold right? on, no. It's not even in two years. Like, the beginning of this movie takes place in 1969, and that's when oh, we yeah. decide to freeze these people. Yeah, yeah like, if, 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 if and listen, when when I started watching this movie, and the first thing I saw was Vietnam 1969, my mind was blown. I was like, <laughs> I was like what? what is happening? I was, like, I was like, well, maybe the movie doesn't take place what I think it does, and then it's like, present day and i'm like what <laughs> they had these bodies sitting around for like 30 years and then decided to do this <laughs> yeah oh it's craziness yeah we'll circle back to it but i, will. I sorry the science the science in this movie i'm just gonna say is suspect. flawless <laughs> oh suspect? okay i was gonna say flawless <laughs> um so I, and here's another thing i didn't know when looking to this uh, the director of this uh roland emmerich yeah yeah this is his first big film he had a couple um smaller films before this but this is really his first big film and then after this it goes stargate and independence day so i mean this was yeah. kind of like you know he's off to the races with this movie yeah, I mean, he's done all kinds of movies. I mean, not. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, they're all movies. I feel like I know, but they're not really that great. No, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed Midway. Midway was, believe it or not, Midway was good. He's for whatever reason he was known as like the summer blockbuster guy. Yeah. Like, obviously, this came out in the summer and it was a, a pretty big hit. And then uh, Stargate was a, a pretty solid hit as well. I liked yeah. Stargate a lot. Uh, well, Independence Day was Independence obviously was huge. That yeah. was kind of the. I don't want to say the first big blockbuster, but that sort of kicked off the whole release. No, I'd say, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, I mean, Independence Day is a pretty big touchstone as far as, like, summer block, the summer blockbuster, you know? Especially, like, as far as, like, new properties. Like, you know, so many other things, like, okay, Batman and Batman, Jurassic Park, based on different things. Independence Day was completely new, and just, it was huge, you know? Well, and it kind of wrote the the book on summer blockbusters, because at that, you had... Um, you had like Armageddon, you had Wild Wild West, which was not good, but a big hit. Yeah. Like Men in Black, all these films that came out that were just gigantic summer block. You had the, the summer blockbuster was kind of named. Yeah. Cab revived it. Yeah. And and don't forget it propelled him into, uh, I think it was the very, or little down the road making that great, uh, Godzilla. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, always, I was going to say, I always forget yep. that he directed The Patriot, and that is a movie that we definitely will do on the podcast. It's I love almost happened. It's almost happened a couple of times. Um, that was like for the longest time, and, and Dave knows because we work together, but Jeff and Corey, that was like for the longest time, that was going to be their first movie, was The Patriot, like forever. And then like two weeks before they were going to be on the podcast so like mm, we want to do Starship Troopers now because there's a because there's a uh, printer in the office named Rico and it made us think of that movie. <laughs> I love the Patriot it's just Mel Gibson failing to save people oh, constantly <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right anyway sorry yeah sorry <laughs> we'll save uh, that so the writers on this uh LPJ I mean you usually know more about these writers than I do uh I mean Dean Devlin I know because of Stargate and he helped kind of <laughs> And because he kind of helped, um, he helped kind of create the whole Stargate mythos. And, and I watched all the Stargate shows, so that's why I know Dean Devlin. Um, okay. Beyond that, yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah the other guy's really awesome. big. Well, because yeah, Devlin's they, just Emmerich's go-to writer, right. you know. Yeah, the other guys didn't ring any kind of bell or anything with me. So no. Um, and then the composer too. I, I mean, like he didn't. I saw that he had like eighty-seven things on his IMDb and I scrolled through them and I didn't really recognize any of them. And I don't remember the score of this being particularly memorable at all. No, it was, I don't, I don't even mm. think it was very good. The score is <laughs> not memorable, but there is a song at the credits that's memorable. Oh yeah. But that was like the last note I took for this. I was like, is this body count? with ice yep, Body count in the house. Yep. <laughs> like, that was it's not even a song. It's like the intro to the record or something. You know? <laughs> it didn't seem to fit either. I was like, why is this at the end of the movie? No, it definitely it, did not fit. Because well, <laughs> at, at the time, like Body Count was like the most dangerous band in the world. So they thought they could kind of, with this movie, kind of tack that on there. And, which is ironic because Jerry Orbach's in this movie and Ice-T has become the new Jerry Orbach. Oh. <laughs> he has kind of, hasn't he? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, do we want to do we want to talk about like the numerous sequels they made to this now, or do we want to touch on that after we? we can, let's do it. After. We can talk now. No, oh, after, after okay, we'll do it yeah. after. We'll do it at the end. Yeah, we'll do it after. Okay, so we uh, anything else you want to touch on before we start rolling through the plot on this? Uh, just no. the actors. Oh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just that part. Oh yeah, I guess we should do that. Sure. <laughs> um, we talked about Jean Claude Van Damme, obviously. Yep. Uh, his character Luke um, Devereaux. Devereaux. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to have to help me out with the names because I forgot to write them down. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is playing Sergeant Andrew Scott. Andrew- yep. Okay. Uh, I know uh, Allie Walker is Veronica Roberts. Yep. Yep. Uh, we talked about uh, Jerry Orbach mm-hmm. in a, oh, I would say a glorified cameo, but as, yeah. as Dr. Gregor? 
Yep, Christopher Dreyer. And, and actually, I have more on him. Yeah, his role in this film when we get toward the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and did I did I see right the tiny Zeus Lester's in this? Yeah, he is absolutely in this. <laughs> and I have an interesting fact about him too. I think it's the same interesting fact it I have. Be, if you look at yeah. all the soldiers, he's the only one that has everything on the left hand, and or on his right hand. I'm sorry, and that's because uh, he only has one good eye, and they couldn't yep. put the they couldn't put the visor thing on his good eye because they wouldn't be able to see anything. So he had everything specially. They they had to special make everything. Uh, once filming started to swap his stuff to the other hand. <laughs> they couldn't give him the uh, Dragon Ball Z power register thing that they all wear? <laughs> no, no, they couldn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> was that your interesting fact, Dave? Well, no, that uh, that was my interesting fact. And also, did you notice there was a couple, basically one of the Unisols you'd probably recognize from something else, and then the other one, if you actually looked into him, it's like, oh, that's him. Uh, so. Character actors and stuff are more LPJ's bag, so maybe he well, knows. Uh, well, you have Ralph Moeller, who was you know yeah. the German guy in Gladiator, and he's yep. been in, he when they did the syndicated Conan show, he, and he was in Beer Fest, most importantly. Okay, and, and then one of the others is Eric Norris, youngest son of Chuck Norris. That's right. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah, and then there's another uh, another cameo from uh, Michael J. Yep. White. He was in yep. the beginning. He was a soldier in Vietnam. He was uh, like, let's get the, let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, like Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. Or he like was, the villain in the next Universal Soldier movie. <laughs> he was really he was really skinny and not built at that point. Wait, is he yeah. playing? Does he play the same character? I don't think so. Oh, no, that would be crazy. That I don't know. <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be a deep pull. Oh, super deep pull. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I did not realize that he that was him. But he said it didn't really look like him. So. And then Ed O'Ross, the classic guy from '80s action movies who has evil face. <laughs> yeah, Ross. And, who, and who was he? Was he the uh, the Colonel like Perry. the colonel? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And got Leon Ripley is in it too. Leon Ripley's a character actor. He was the doctor, uh, the one with the mole on his face that uh, was kind of in charge of the program inside the cab of the truck. Who was later in the Patriot? He was in the Patriot. <laughs> yeah, he's in the Patriot. He's been in <clears throat> a bunch of shows like Deadwood. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a character actor. He kind of has evil face, too. <laughs> I got to ask this before we get into the plot, LBJ. How did you do? There are a lot of needles in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so a lot of them were just shoved in the back of people's heads and in their chest. And that doesn't bother me so much. It's um, just the arms for real arms, that you can't yeah, have. Okay. I, I so not when, not when the one was shoved through the guy's face? Uh, no, that one surprisingly did not bother me. I actually I rewound that and watched it a couple times. I always think about that now when we watch a movie with needles. I'm like, oh, LBJ did not like that. I know, but but I'll, now I'll know that it's specifically as long as they're not in the arms or if they're they're you're good if they're jammed through somebody's face, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. If they're used as a weapon, I'm okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um, okay, I, I think that is there anyone else we need to cover as far as the cast, or is it? That <laughs> I, good? Honestly, I think, so. I think we covered far more than we should have. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who plays the cameraman? <laughs> uh, well, uh, Rance Howard is his dad. Oh yeah, yeah. Ron Howard's, Ron Howard's dad, dad is in this movie. Oh man, you guys, you guys are having like a character actor battle off here. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's run through the plot of this. And, and again, as we stated before, this movie starts Vietnam, nineteen sixty nine, and I'm like, what? Um, JCVD, he's uh, apparently in the American Army, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the U.S. Army. 
he had a French mother. <laughs> um, and so, like, they're, they're, in the, they're in Vietnam. There's, like, a guy freaking out, talking about how their sergeant killed everyone and blah, blah, blah. Apparently, that was Michael J. White, now that I'm learning. Yep. Um, yeah. So he goes and finds Dolph Lundgren, who's in, like, this village, all these dead people. And, like, the first thing that shows Dolph Lundgren is he has a necklace made of human ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he sounds very foreign as well, too. And that's where my note says, oh, I'm like, is this the U.S. Army? <laughs> He he doesn't sound as foreign as JCVD, but he definitely has that weird Swedish thing where like every like tenth word you notice that it's not American. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? a little off. Yep, it's we call it the Skarsgård. <laughs> so like he's gonna like kill the remaining villagers. In fact, he shoots the one like right in the head, and JCVD is trying to save the girl and like. Take, like he gets shot and she runs off and I think she gets blown up with a grenade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes he goes full Kurtz on this one and just like yeah. has lost his mind. So they uh, they fight, they end up having a fight and they kill each other is what happens. Yeah. And yeah. Van Damme stabs him with a bayonet despite the fact that the rifle is loaded. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Um so then like the, the the military come in in a helicopter and they find the bodies and that's when they're like, Oh, we got a code zebra, which I'm like, I don't know what a code zebra is. And that's when they're the real thing. <laughs> that's when they're like, All right, pack them in ice. <laughs> I'm like, What? Pack them in ice. So then we jump to present day, the Nevada desert present day and this giant what i refer to in all my notes as like this like basically transformer of a truck rolls <laughs> out of this plane like you had to love this truck lbj it was pretty great and and you know what <laughs> that truck comes back in the sequels as well because <laughs> like and i got i i i honest with you, i got so annoyed that every time it stopped they showed that thing of it like <laughs> <laughs> the sides extending and it's like uh-huh. I get it you don't have to show the shot of the sides extending every time well, you stop the truck what was crazy about it is the sides extend right but all of those people are still inside the truck <laughs> so when it's, co- when it's collapsed where do they go are they just like <laughs> Huddled next to each other, Japanese bus style, or <laughs> I was wondering that too. To be honest with you, um, I think so... it's like the full house house where it it can't be as big on the inside <laughs> as they make it. You know, <laughs> so like uh, the 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 truck transforms and all like these like JCVD and Dolph and all these other soldiers start like getting out of the the big truck and they're all wearing these like eye like camera things that we kind of touch about that I said like like the DBZ things mm-hmm. um someone and, and yelled they, someone yelled he's over 9000 it was crazy <laughs> so they go to Hoover Dam a place that uh LPJ and I've been together <laughs> yes your mom almost threw me off the da- off the edge of it yeah in a stage picture I have where my mom's pretending to throw off the side stage um um so there's um a group of terrorists uh and they've like taken over the dam and they have a bunch of hostages um and and there's like a situation so that's when we're introduced to uh veronica roberts uh ellie walker's character she shows up in a station wagon and she's smoking a cigarette and like i don't know she's like a rebel reporter i don't kind of know what her thing is (laughs) but she, she drives all the way there does a, does a live report about this, about these hostages and the gunman and how they want their comments released, and then they immediately fire her. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure that part yeah. out. It's like, they call her, well, they called her all the way out there, right? To knowing that they were going to fire her. Was she the only yeah. one available? 
<laughs> and she arrives in the station wagon, like all in big time reporters. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It was very confusing to me. I'm like, well, did they plan on firing her all along, or was it just like they were mad because she was late, so then they fired her? I, I don't know. Also, I feel like the. I mean, I know this movie was made in 1992, but I feel like the footage from the Uni- Unisol's cameras was always terrible. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> There was definitely better cameras then. <laughs> like, it was, like, grainy, and I'm like, wow, what's going on? I can't really see this. Uh, you spend all your money reanimating dead soldiers, sometimes they <laughs> on cameras. Got it. Yeah, for a $23 million budget, you're only going to get so many things. <laughs> um, so the soldiers show up, you know, after they drop them in the water, and we're to assume that they can swim fast like Aquaman, because they, they drop them. They can swim by- fast in their combat boots <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes and i swear they drop off like eight however many unisols are and then they show like three of them actually at the dam because like jcvd and Dolph seem to do most of the killing and then there's the one that's disguised as the handyman who seems to be there just to get shot a bunch of times to prove great thing <laughs> the show is that they can get shot a bunch and not get killed because he then pulls like a uh, a gun out of his toolbox right yeah yeah well, also, and, they take very far shots with pistols. You know? <laughs> you know, you could use a rifle for some of that. Um, and this is where, like, JCVD, uh, he has, like, his first flashback to Vietnam, right? Because, yeah. like, and I think I said, uh, I think I read in my research that, like, the he sees the people, the hostages at the dam, and they actually use the same actors from the yes, people that is, were in, yeah. the, in the Vietnam. So, um, so they they save the day, you know, kill the kill the bad guys, and that's we that general, and he's all talking about like, oh, well, this is like the third successful mission for the Unisol program, and blah 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 blah. Um, but we still don't really know exactly what the Unisol program is at this point in time. Correct. Uh, uh, so, like we said, Veronica gets fired, but she decides she's like, well, I'm going to get I'm going to get the story on this. I'm going to spy on the program. So she follows them to their uh, transformer truck. Yeah, and well, um, hold on, and that's what I can't figure out. Like, what is her motivation for getting the story? Is she gonna <laughs> sell it to someone? I mean, I think it's like she's like, well, if I get this scoop, then they'll have to hire me back. I guess. I think yeah, that, I think that's the that's the plan. Like you know, well, if they don't get it, then I'll get take it somewhere else. You know, or I don't know. But that's when we start to learn a little bit about the Unisols. That we learn that they can overheat. Um, that's when we see them first get the first kind of injection in the back of their neck. They hold all of these like special chairs that they sit in and get like ah, the they needle memory, goes in the they back. Get memory wiped essentially. Oh, is that what it is? They're like they yeah. get winter. They get winter soldier. They get winter soldier. Yeah. yeah, and kind of get reset. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then like there's the the one soldier, the one that was like posing as the um, handyman who got shot a bunch. He's in like some kind of weird like flotation chamber kind of thing. He's in. An- Oh, that one, yeah. First, he's in the ice coffin, and then they oh, yeah. move him to the uh, to the back to tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The back to tank. I do have that in my notes because when he's in like the ice coffin, she goes up and is like looking, and he he seems to be dead, but then like he's not dead. Um, he's alive, and like I find it really funny because then like uh, <laughs> she runs off to go back to the cameraman, and the, and like but like the Unisols were all in the truck naked. Yeah. yeah, naked, 
plugged into the thing, and then they're like all immediately in uniform again. I thought I wrote that exact same note down because, like, wait a minute, you know? and don't they have other soldiers they can send to, like, you know, take care of reporters? Does it have to always be? Oh, we don't have we don't have any others anybody besides Unisols, you yeah. know? No, there were there were easily ten to fifteen other soldiers there just supervising the the, situ- the situation. <laughs> and then I also like the fact that like they the military start chasing them and like Veronica and the cameraman they crash immediately <laughs> like oh they don't even... and not even a little they <laughs> flip the station wagon yeah the style I thought <laughs> Michael Bay had taken over for a second they built up a huge amount of speed in like fifteen feet <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the amount of distance they travel is so ridiculous before they completely wipe out it's it's yeah. i was i was yeah um and then they're, so, and then they're perfectly fine yeah they're fine, they're fine. Um, it was like watching the a team <laughs> so uh, uh Dolph shoots the cameraman in the head and I think and this like triggers more JCVD flashbacks cuz he yeah. like he like hits Dolph and he grabs Veronica and he's like ah oh, I got to I got to save you and like she takes off his headset and like Dolph starts freaking out and calling him a traitor and they kind of drive off and that's when they show the Bakta tank cuz I do have a note that says did they have a Bakta tank <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, like, we start to get a little bit about what the program is because they talk about how it's like, yeah, all this stuff is off the books, and we got to find them because, like, you know, we, the public doesn't know that it's like the regeneration of dead soldiers and all this stuff. Um, also, JCVD, he had gotten shot, and he uses that like car cigarette lighter to cauterize the wound. That's pretty. Yeah, sweet. it was pretty badass. <laughs> And then what I what kind of made me laugh too is that the car runs out of gas, so Jean Claude Van Damme just gets out and starts, starts pushing it. <laughs> He's just walking down the road. And what do they show? Are they going like forty five miles an hour? Thirty miles an hour, yeah. He's running thirty miles an hour pushing a car. Uh, and that's the first time after that that he he lets him know that he needs to cool down. Um and, and like there's that whole like kind of like comedy scene where they're trying to rent the room from the motel owner which is yeah like, blah 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 uh they There's rent a the lot hotel. of weird comedy in this yeah sure. very weird comedy uh so they they rent the uh hotel room and then i mean dave do you want to take the next part we have to talk about van damme's butt <laughs> well okay so i guess well first of all before we talk about his butt though now that you've seen this you f- you fully understand the joke of when we all, the, the three of us and a couple of our other friends went on a trip together, and as soon as I got to the hotel room, I went and I turned the air conditioning up full blast, and I dropped my pants and stood in front of it and said, I need to cool down. Yes, I do. I do. I do fully get the joke. I don't know if I appreciate it anymore. Yeah, no, Dave, no one appreciated it. We all understood it. We just don't appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> so, getting... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go, no, go ahead. Because that's what happens in the movie. He gets in the hotel yeah. room and takes off his uniform and is standing in front of the air conditioner just, like, butt naked. And here's the thing. Well, first of all, you have to wonder. So, apparently, they provided the unisols, despite the fact that they need to be iced up tanning sessions where they are completely <laughs> nude and have no tan lines. But the way – and they kind of cover this when they did – when they talked about Bloodsport on um, how this get made, about, like, Van Damme's button movies, it's – it's something. It's like, it's, well, I like to call it his Van Damme, you know, <laughs> but it's not shot 
like a man is normally shot in action movies. It is like soft, you know, soft focus. Like you know, it's like oiled up. It's just like well, that was who a is thing. This for that yeah, was a, it was that a was thing. a thing then. I mean, because you had like he was showing his butt all the time. Kevin yeah. Costner was showing his butt all the time. Gibson was uh, showing Gibson his butt. Was showing his butt all, all the time. It, it was just a thing. Yeah. in the late eighties, early nineties, um, for an action star to just have their yeah. ass out. But Van Damme's is shot more lovingly than anyone else's, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, it wasn't like you know, like I feel like almost like instead of like as like almost like with like Mel Gibson or like Kevin Costner, I feel like there maybe was a certain amount of a female audience, you know. Sure. Whereas I feel like this was almost for like this is for the guys that don't know they like this yet, but you know, <laughs> you know. You know. I, I gotta say, I I I'm fairly certain there was a he had a large female audience. Van Damme did. I can see that, but also I think he had a fairly large gay audience. You know, which I was yeah. I was probably. I watched something about that the other day, and it was like yeah, because he didn't act like he would present himself in ways that like you know like a Schwarzenegger or Stallone like you know would be like oh I'm not doing that you know, but like he was like you know. He was ahead of his time, you know, and also and Roland Emmerich was, was openly gay, you know, so, I mean, it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, but that's in every Van Damme movie, not just this one, but, like, I think he was kind of, like, almost, like, progressive in that, where it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I don't have to do all the normal action hero stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, and his bugs are in, like, every movie, but he's in this one, like, a lot, because I, yeah. I was like, oh, it's like, oh, it was, like, that one scene, but then, like, he walks outside and he's still naked, and... Oh, and... and- what about the part where he's standing there and then he looks down at his dick and he's like, is that supposed to be there? <laughs> yeah. And that, what? This, this, what? This, and this gets to something that like I, I was going to touch on, but it's a great point to bring this up because it's wildly different as to what we're supposed like. He doesn't know what his dick is. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to eat at one point in the movie. He does, They give him food and he's confused and he's like, it's and then but then like Dolph Lundgren's like driving around throwing grenades later on making quips and stuff like that. I'm like, what? What is going on? What? It's very like their characterizations of these Universal Soldiers are very different. And it's like, why would he not remember how to eat? Like, I don't understand. Because yeah. also like JCVD, it takes him so long for things to start coming back. Or the Lundgren, boom, automatically back. You know. It's true, but yeah, you're, you're right, uh, LPJ. That part where you look down is like, oh, is that supposed to be there? It's like, you don't know what your dick is. Yes, like, come on. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And like, the, I will tell you this: we say that our stated already that they're not robots, but they use a lot of like robot sounds when they're like walking around. Yeah, you hear a lot of. <laughs> like, they use sound effects to make them seem like they're robots. Yeah, and, and I don't know if maybe, I don't know if maybe, because the, the, this, there is an issue with this film kind of borrowing a lot from Terminator and things like that. Yeah, um, RoboCop. And- yeah, I, I don't know if maybe that whole, ad, maybe they were supposed to be part machine and then they pulled all that out of the film later I, on. I, like, I don't, I, I don't really know. I wouldn't be surprised because it really, like, I mean, like I said, at first I thought maybe I was like, oh, maybe it's not, but like, number of times clearly it's like when they're turning their heads and stuff like that it's like a it's very robotic you know? yeah they're very yeah. robotic and and not like you know not like brainwashed soldier i mean they are like they're like robots they are physically moving like robots 
Um, so he, they put him in a bathtub full of ice and like his wounds heal itself and blah, blah, blah. And that's when like in a super, uh, big convenience, he turns on the TV and they're showing a documentary about Nixon and Vietnam. Oh yeah. Which is <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, then the, the Unisols show up at the hotel and they just light the place up. Before the, before that, like, cause she went to use the phone cause the phone in the room because they cut the lines and it just, the, the creepy hotel clerk just had a line that I thought was just so bizarre, which was, you know, he was such a sleaze. But he's like, no, women don't know how to use phones. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? like, I forgot about that. Is, yeah. is that a stereotype? I don't think it is. <laughs> hey, according to universal soldier, it is um, true. Well, but, and, so the, and, they're trying to dist- they they have it, the the whole thing's off the books, right? Yeah. Why do they send the Universal Soldiers to light this place up <laughs> right. and then leave the survivors alive? Yeah. Right. That, that, I do. I literally have a note of this part that says like, so this is not a covert unit because they show up and they're literally just like <laughs> just shooting like so many rounds of ammo into this hotel and they don't even know how many people are in it, but. <clears throat> You do get that great part where Jean-Claude Van Damme is just, like, jumping through walls, like, going from room to room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how much shorter the movie would be if just, like, one soldier's like, hey, I'm going to aim a little bit lower and maybe hit people (laughs) on the floor? And then I like the fact that they come in to find him and they can't. And then it turns out that they were hiding in the bed with that couple. And somehow they didn't (laughs) notice, like, four people in a bed at once. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> um, so that's when like uh, they go and they figure out that he's like oh well I must have some kind of tracking advice because they seem to be able to find us and he's naked and he's like oh look for something unusual and something hard which is like ha 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 and that's, that's another one of the weird comedy moments where there's a guy's out, the guy is outside like what are you doing in there <laughs> that's right I forgot the gas station attendant is listening in on this um, yeah and this is where I have the note that says he doesn't know he's supposed to have a wang yeah. <laughs> mark and why so, was the why was it behind his leg? Like, who put the tracking device behind the leg? Why would it be like in their arm or like on the back of their shoulder or someplace like that? It's like the back of their knee. That is the weirdest spot. It yeah, that it, it was it, that I wasn't expecting that. That's where they were going to find it. <laughs> um, so they cut the tracking device out, which I thought was kind of gross. Um, then the, the world's most obvious truck rolls up, (laughs) it it rolls up and it transforms and they, the unisols come out and they start looking for them. But like JCBD had like rigged the, like the gas station to explode. Yeah. Like, and and you get that yeah, the whole thing. And then you get that lantern. <laughs> and then you get kind of that horrifying shot of like the Unisols walking around on fire with like yeah. <laughs> just their flesh burning, <laughs> which I was like, oh god! And they're trying to like put them out with like uh, extinguishers or some kind of like yeah. special, it's yeah, like something a stuntman was like, hey, we can do this, and they're like, awesome. <laughs> and um, it, so it turned out that uh, JCBD, Veronica, and the gas station tenant they're hiding in like trunks of these cars full of ice so they can't detect them with like their heat sensors i guess yeah uh and that's also when we find out as you mentioned before uh lpj that uh unisol costs 250 million dollars a piece so how about that 50 yep 
Well, um, and then <laughs> I also like the fact that they get in the car to drive off, and somehow they didn't see Dolph Lundgren hiding <laughs> in the back seat. Yeah, like, well, no, hold on, let's back up a little bit because don't forget they go into the truck to go get the material, right? They get to go get the research material. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sneak into the transformer truck. The to transformer get the, truck get the material, and then they then he JCVD throws the stuff in the back of the car. Yeah, in the back in the back seat. The back yeah, seat. they do. He didn't see the six foot five Swedish guy in the back of his car because <laughs> they start driving, uh, and then like he like pops up, and I think they just slam on the brakes, and he just flies out the well, windshield. He tries to choke him with pe- like the standard issue piano wire that apparently they all get, <laughs> well, and instead of just shooting him in the head, and then it's just like okay, slam on the brakes. So he like flies out of the car, and they take off, and then that's when like. Uh, the the main general guy is like, hey, you know what? We're packing it up. This mission's canceled. Uh, and that's like when Dolph gets his full memories back and he like shoots that guy, like shoots that guy and kills him and cuts off his ears. Yep. Yeah. Well, and makes a new ear necklace. Yeah, gotta get that ear uh, ear necklace going again. Which is kind of where I get to my. Uh, I told you earlier that I had a story about problems. You almost bought an ear necklace. I, I was at okay. So next to the Planet Hollywood at Disney, like it was up back then. It was, it was Disney Springs now. It was called Pleasure Island back then. There's a Planet Hollywood. And right next to it is a store that I don't know if it was sell. It was just like okay, like we're gonna try it. If it was affiliated, but they sold normally pretty crappy movie props. Like hey, here's a pair of jeans that Cher wore in the mask. But I look in the cabinet, and there is the ear necklace from Universal Soldier, <laughs> and it was. Um, I was twelve at this point, by the way. And um, we were. I was with my family, and I begged my dad to give me advance my allowance for eight hundred dollars, <laughs> which would have been about two, two years worth of allowance. And he said no. So uh, I desperately tried to get that ear necklace, <laughs> and I failed. And it also came with like this weird, like a bust, where it was like because you know when uh, like with like a spike coming out of it, that comes later in the movie. But yeah, it was like. I really desperately tried to get that, and I mean, wouldn't, how cool would I be now if I could be like, "Hey, wore my ear necklace <laughs> to work." So you had just you had to make a you had to get an ear necklace the old fashioned way. That is what exactly, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so he so he makes he starts cutting off ears again, uh, and then he's uh, overdosing on muscle enhancers. <laughs> yeah, he's yep. just in time to take my medicine. <laughs> He's just injecting himself with muscle enhancers. Um, so they're reviewing the notes, uh, and that's when they find out that like the doctor in charge of the program is uh, Christopher Greger, and they're like, "All right, well, we got to figure out where he is so we can go see him." Um, that's when they order food, and then two seconds later, the food comes out of the kitchen, <laughs> and that's when we learn that JCBD doesn't remember how to eat. Yeah, and apparently and he has a gigantic appetite. Appetite. Yeah. Yeah, because they do. He gets one plate of food and he eats it, and they cut to another scene, and they come back, and he's just, like, eating plates and plates of food. Yeah, he's, like, he's eating like Goku. Yeah, because, it was my favorite scene in the movie as a kid. And also, I want to ask, like, when they cut away, they go back to the Transformer truck where Dolph Lundgren's there, and he's making the scientists do all the stuff for him. And I'm like, why didn't those scientists just leave? Like, why are they still there and helping him? Couldn't they just ran out of the truck, or did they think nah, that, like, you'd probably kill him? 
All right, that's fair. Um, so uh, that's that. So we come back to the diner. He's eating all the food. He beats up Hank. It's Hank's diner, and then he beats up a bunch of other guys. Um, he like which one of them was super upset that he tried start eating his popcorn. <laughs> He's like that's instead of you put that down. <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. Um, and um, yeah, and I think he throws a guy in a pool table, and like all the pool balls go into like the pockets and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I'm, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> um, so okay, so track so down that, the Dr. Gregor. Yeah, they track down Dr. Gregor, who that's who Jerry Orbach plays. Yep. And that's when I'm like, oh man, I'm like, we're gonna finally figure out what's going on with these unisols. It's gonna make perfect sense and he literally delivers like one line of like we injected dead soldiers with something and brought it like the explanation is like a sentence and it like it i was expecting some kind of big revelation about them but no it's it's one line and i don't i don't even remember what it is it's like we injected them with something and it brought them back to life but it made them really hot so we had to cool them down and that's it that's all it was no, no explanation as to why they used soldiers from thirty years ago for the program. <laughs> None of it. Nope. Right? Nope. No. It's not like nope. there was any kind of any kind of process of development. It's just like, hey, we got this thing. Let's inject them and see what happens, and it worked. Yeah, it, I was very. I mean, I, I know this movie is what it is, but I, I honestly was expecting like like they explain the science and like face off a little bit better than they do in this one, and that's a movie where faces get swapped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know if that's less believable than soldiers being brought back to life and no, turned into uh, listen, about healing factors. I'm not saying it's less believable. I'm just saying that they explain it. At oh, least yeah. better in the movie than this one. Yeah. Um, so while this is going on, like Dolph, he's majorly freaking out. He's like holed up in this uh, grocery store. Oh, you know what? Well, yeah, because the remaining scientists, I forgot about this. He, the one scientist gets killed, so he like blows up the truck with a grenade, right? Yeah. yeah. So he takes the remaining unisols to like a grocery store, puts them in a freezer to try and cool them down. I think one of them dies and doesn't come back. The other is alive. And eating like a raw steak, yeah. Dolph Lundgren kills a bunch of cops, and then Dolph and like uh, Jerry Obach's like, well, he still thinks he's in Vietnam. That's what's going on with him. He, he also, well, because he starts like confusing, and he he starts calling all the people in the grocery store racial slurs. But, oh yes. you know, yeah, yeah, that's true too. I forgot about that. So um, that was that was kind of one of my one, one of my favorite shots of the movies coming up is when like. He's like, all right, I'm going to go home. I kind of know what's going on. He buys Veronica a ticket to send her back to L.A. And she's going to get on the bus. But, like, she doesn't get on the bus. And then the reveal of, like, all those cops there waiting to arrest them. That was like, ridiculous. I like that. It's like I they like could have had the extreme home makeover. Move that bus. <laughs> yeah, that I love how silently all those cops showed up, too. As soon as the bus moves, they all you hear the sound of guns. You know, talking. <laughs> um, so uh, they're they're like taking them on a bus to jail. And that's when you find out, like, even though there's a grenade that went off in it, Megatruck is still operational because they start like chasing the uh, and this is maybe like mm, the part I might have liked most in the movie is kind of the scene where he's chasing them in the truck with the that bus. That is really good. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> and he's like, this is why I do say it's like, Dolph Lundgren was basically a robot, and now he's like making nonstop jokes yeah. at this point. Well, I think we can all agree that he acted circles around Van Damme in this movie. He did, you know what? He did. Yeah. He was a great villain. Yeah, he was really good. He, yeah, I will I will give you guys that. He was really good. Although, so, 
the bus crashes, transformer truck goes over the side of the cliff and blows up. Okay. They end up taking, they end up taking the, there's a cop that was still chasing them. They take the cop car. They go to Louisiana. They go to JVD's home. Yeah. They get to, they go from Utah to Louisiana in the matter of less than a day. Yeah. And that's when they're like, they said that like JCVD is like 25. I'm like, he's supposed to be 25 years old in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he was, he was, you know, a private in the army. Yeah. But that's like, so then, okay, this is where things get a little crazy. Cause Dolph Lundgren shows up. First of all, how is he alive? <laughs> he's At all doped up with those, uh, he keeps giving himself the shots. Cause that truck went over the side and blew up. Oh yeah. But yeah, and then like, and like, I guess they try and explain away how he knew because he's like, "Oh, you were always talking about wanting to go home, so that's how he knew where to find him." I guess. I guess. Yeah, the exact. You assumed? know what? There could have been files like in the uh, the truck or something. Sure, you that, know? That, that that might not have burned up in either the uh, yeah. grenade explosion <laughs> or the fall off the cliff. <laughs> Maybe he went back after Jerry Orbach. I don't or know. Or that they Maybe. didn't steal. Or that they didn't steal when they stole all the files initially. Yeah, right. There could have been. Um, so that's when this is when you get the big JCVD and Dolph fight, and like JCVD's overheating, and like he's basically getting his like butt kicked, like for the majority of this big, this final it, fight. It's a solid fight. Yeah, it is a solid fight. No, it's pretty good. I mean, it's kind of like the classic JCVD fight, though, where he's oh, yeah, in the rain. He's like getting the crap kick out of him for a while, and then he's just like, oh, and he starts winning. But in this case, I think he injects himself with a bunch of muscle enhancers. Yeah, yeah. He gets, he's getting beaten up for a while in the rain, and then steps in front of a fire. And then <laughs> I know I've seen that in more than one Van Damme movie. Oh, we also when they also lead us to believe that Veronica gets blown up by a grenade, which how she doesn't get blown up by a grenade is not explained. She just well, go ahead. Well, those one of those grenades that have wildly different fuse times, like. That one blows up as soon as it hit the ground. The one on the bus is all... Uh, you know, yeah, all on the bus, I, did, I did have a note that said, how long does it take grenades to blow up? <laughs> they get a long time to find those ones on the bus. Yeah. So uh, once JCVD injects himself, he starts... He's, like, beating the crap out of uh, Dolph Lundgren now, which is sweet. And he, like, they set it up before. You know, it's like, what do they call that thing, Dave, where if you show, like, the bomb, you have to show the bomb, bomb go off because they show that piece of farm equipment. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. It's it's like a movie thing where they say like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 like, yeah like a call forward or like yeah like, yeah so they show so he ends up like kicking him into that farm equipment and he's like stuck on it but he's not dead and then he yeah. like breaks his arm and it was really gross yes. yeah that's what in the in the other prop that I tried to buy that was the spike from the the thresher was is like coming out of the chest like that was the other thing it was it would have been an appropriate thing for a twelve year old to have oh and that. And that and then what? What does he do? What does he tell uh, Dolph Lundgren when he when he breaks his arm? Does anyone remember the line? No, I don't remember. No, I forgot. He says, "He says you're discharged, Sarge." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then he turns on that piece of farm equipment, and Dolph Lundgren gets like chopped up into little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Although allegedly it seemed like he was back in some of the sequels, and he I'm is. like, I, I can explain that. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll get to well, that. Yeah. Uh, so then Veronica's alive. And I'm like, are they, are are they like supposed to be love interests or romantically? Like, I, I could I couldn't figure out their vibe at all. Yeah, I thought that same thing. Like, I have to they wonder, don't maybe kiss they the, were. They don't kiss at the end of the movie. No, they yeah. just hug. And like one time, like when they get off the bus, when they like she kisses his cheek. But I just, yeah, like I thought, well, maybe they were in like some draft of the script, but they didn't have the chemistry or whatever. Or like, 
It was yeah. very confusing to me because it was like I, I fully expected the reveal that she was alive, that they were going to kiss, and that was the end of the movie, and they just kind of hug, and like that's well, it. I, and I, I can explain uh, part of that. Okay. Oh, good. So, so, the, so, are we are we at the end of the are we at the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. They they hug. He's alive. Credits. Body count song. Okay. Body count. Body count in the house. <laughs> okay. So there's an alternate ending of this film. Yeah. And I, and I watched it. So, in the alternate ending, uh, it takes place at the farm. Right. It's right after JCVD gets the gets the shotgun out of the closet. He heads outside. He actually doesn't take the muscle enhancer. He ends up beating Jay- ends up beating Dolph up and chopping him up like normal, um, but not before Dolph shoots his mom and kills him. Kills him. Okay. And then after Dolph gets chopped up, uh, he, uh, 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 JCVD's dad comes around, uh, Rance Howard, right, and then Rance shoots JCVD. With the shotgun what? several yeah. times and explains that um, he's not his real father. And out of nowhere, Dr. Orbach, Dr. Greger, <laughs> shows up with a bunch of with with a bunch of government officials, right? Saying that the only way they could get both of them, get Scott, was to set up JCVD so they could get them both together to reclaim them for the program. So then what? it gets crazier. Hold on. So meanwhile, Roberts is so Veronica, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Roberts, Veronica Roberts. She is still alive, right? But she's like inconsolable. She's crying. She can barely form words. She's so sad about JCVD. And then that's when her boss shows up with the cops to have her cover the story. <laughs> right. Hold on. And the cops arrest Dr. Gregor and all his goons, right? And she goes to do the story, but can't do it and breaks down into tears and goes down to console JCVD. After that, it goes to this weird, like, monologue, this, like, almost eulogy that she's giving during this flat, during this, like, montage scene, stating that uh, for the last two months, JCVD refused to get any of the life prolonging drugs that he needed and just died peacefully. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> have, like I don't know what they were ever thinking, and it, like you're thinking, like I, I don't know if was it ever like screened for test audiences or something it like that. And hated it or okay, it yeah, had to have been, and then was reshot. I would assume. It's like because that is terrible. It was you know? bananas. Like uh, I also read that they said that like the production script for this was like presented like like it was a much darker depiction yeah. of the U.S. military. Like they were like. Like, this one is kind of like, well, they weren't really doing a bad thing. The soldier just got out of hand where I, it led me to believe that originally the script was more like, oh, no, they were, it, were fully doing shady stuff. It was, like, written originally, like, in the mid or early 80s when there was, like, a lot more negative view of the military, whereas this was, like, you know, after Desert Storm and all that stuff, so it was a much more positive view. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we got we to gotta just say <laughs> this is a completely rogue element, you know, and this is, you know, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um... Is, are there any uh, LPJ? Is there any role reversal for this? No, I couldn't find a single one, which is huh. crazy because this seems like a movie that would have a million role reversals. And there yeah, one. I think wow. what ended up happening was the movie was written for JCVD and Dolph Lundgren, and they both <laughs> huh, crazy. Um, did you guys see the the little bit of trivia that they said that like when they had this movie at Cannes that like 
JCVD and Dolph Lundgren like staged a fight. Yeah. So and then they like so they could like talk about it, and that was like what they talked about during like all like the press and stuff for him. But then yeah. later on, Dolph Lundgren was like, "No, it was a fake fight. We really well, like yeah, that." And that was a thing, like because that myth kind of perpetuated for years. Yeah, they didn't and, like each other. They but... didn't like each other, but it turns out they're they're actually really good friends. And, yeah. um, and it didn't actually come out until almost, it was like 2018 before they both yeah, started talking about how it was all staged and how they've actually been friends for years. And, you know, they like <laughs> out all the time. Yeah, I mean, well, and they made two sequels together and the Expendables too. you yeah. know? So maybe, yeah. And that's a good segue. We can, we can talk about the sequels and I'm hoping one of you can explain this to me. Cause I have like, yeah, one, two, three, four, five different sequels five written up. Okay, do you know how many are canon? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Two. Two yeah. are considered canon now. Surprisingly, Universal Soldier The Return is not part of the actual story anymore. It's not canon. <laughs> Well, so because there was the first two, there were two straight to like TNT or TBS sequels. Yeah, Universal which, Soldier 2, Brother in Arms, which came out yeah. in 1998, and Universal Soldier 3, Unfinished Business. Which yes. the character of Luke Devereux was still the lead, but was not played by, by Van Damme. And there were, the villains were played by like Burt Reynolds and Gary Busey, you know? So are those canon? They're not canon. They were dropped. They were dropped from canon when Universal Soldier: The Return came out, and that's the one that we saw in theaters. LPJ that has Goldberg in it, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They, they made a big deal about Goldberg being it, but the actual villain was really Michael Jai White. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember what that movie's about at all. Yeah, it's just not good. And then they they dropped that from canon, and they made the next two which are which Dolph Lundgren his clone is alive and they, they cloned him despite the fact that he clearly the movies take a uh, nature rather than nurture view of psychology so he's his clone is still crazy <laughs> so and, Universal Soldier Regeneration from 2009 yeah. and Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning from 2012 yeah. those are canon yes. Exa- those are canon and I actually I have not watched them yet but I bought a double feature DVD of the two at Big Lots for three dollars. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And I'll, I'll probably watch them eventually. Um, I know the first one, uh, Regeneration, has Andre Arlovsky in it. Yeah, oh, he's nice. like the, yeah, he's the next generation Unisol that Van Damme ends up having to like fight. Also, so Dolph Lundgren's character gets killed in that again as clone, and then they clone him again, and he's back in the next one. <laughs> and they keep cloning him, and the next one you think JCVD is like the villain now, but then it ends up he's not. And it's just, it's, I watched a little bit of it, and it's like so low budget, you can't even like believe it. And it's, <laughs> it it's like, it's not good. Have you seen any of these sequels, LPJ? I have not, no. Okay. Just besides, the, besides the return, the which return, is not the canon. return, and, and I was so pumped for the return. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Like I was like, this could be sweet, and that's like, oh no. It's like, yeah, this is not great. <laughs> well, well, the good thing is, is that now that Dave's been on for this, we've locked him in for all the Universal Soldier sequels. So. I will come back. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> when, when we have when we have Unisol month. <laughs> um hey i just curious uh and we'll get to our our, our review real quick or our, our score here but i just just quickly uh so now this is by my count the fifth jean-claude van damme movie we've done on the podcast because you guys did hard target yep we did uh lionheart yeah we did time cop right. we did sudden death yep. and now this yes. what would you write what would you rank them in your order lbj oh as of what we've seen yes of the right. ones we've watched on the show um so let's see so we did we did sudden death uh 
Hard Time Target, Cop, Hard Target, Time Cop, this, and Lionheart. You can answer those too, Dave. See, I, okay. I like them all is the problem. <laughs> um, I'd say Lionheart's one of my favorites. So I yes, put, I know. I, I'd, put, I'd put Lionheart. I put Lionheart one. I do Time Cop two. Okay. Uh, Hard Target three. Oh God! Either this or sudden death. <laughs> well, they're the five. only two left. I know. I'm trying to think like how I would do it. They're both really close. Uh, what about you? What about you, Dave? How would you do it? Okay, so I would say I would actually say Hard Target's number one for me. I've never seen I, Hard Target. I like Hard Target a lot, and this is number two. Then um, Time Cop. Then. Um, Lionheart. I don't really remember Lionheart all that well. It's but I, not good. I, I really hate sudden death. Like I, <laughs> I remember, like it was the first Van Damme movie I saw in the theater. I'm like, ooh, Van Damme slipping. I do not like this. You know. <laughs> but you know what? When you go back and watch it, the villain is so good in it. Was well, Powers yeah. Booth? Isn't yeah, it? Powers Booth. Yeah, is really, it is. Yeah, yeah. He's he really makes the movie. Yeah. yeah well, true. I think that's what Van Damme's best movies are when he has a strong villain. You've got this. Uh, Lance Henderson and Arnold Volslow in um in yeah, uh, Hard, Hard Target. Target and like the ones where it's not like like you know like in um like you know Double Impact and all like it's you know that's not you know it's kind of lame so it's like they're not as good you know I'm just throwing it out here LPJ the next Jean Claude Van Damme movie I want to do is Cyborg because I remember liking that a lot when I was a kid uh, it's a tough watch but okay <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna like it as much you're not. <laughs> She has to hold her family in a barbed wire well. Uh, and it's, hard, right, it's we... hard to find a decent copy of it, too. Oh, all right. Well, then maybe it won't be the next one we do. Fine. We'll do the one where he plays twin brothers. That, double, yeah, double, yeah, impact. double impact. That's a good one. Okay. okay. Uh, are we ready to rate this? Yes. Um, I'm not doing this right. sound. We're good. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> um, so, Dave, we always give our guests the option to go first. You can rate it from zero to five machine guns. You want to go first? You want to let them go? You can do half yeah, machine you know guns what? also. I'll go first. Okay. And so, obviously, there's a lot of like nostalgia connected to this movie with me. It's like, you know, I loved it as a kid. And, you know, now I watch it. And it's not, you know, it's not exactly like, you know, as amazing as I thought it was as a kid. You know, I, I think we live as far as like you know fighting type movies. We live in a post statum you know, t- statum world. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so the like the fights in his movies, they're next level and stuff like that. They Same really with like, Gerard Butler. You know, why don't we do? Why have we done a statum movie yet, other than Death Race? No, we haven't. God. Bring me back. <laughs> bring me back our, on for what crank. Is problem. Crank is basically up. like my my Bible, you know. Crank is amazing. Well, um, Dave, anyway, I'm definitely going to have you on for that one that we saw with a bad guy is uh, James Franco. <laughs> Homeland. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So I'm good, but the thing is, I think it's still a solid movie. Like I think Dolph is just awesome in it, despite the accent and weird parts. But I'm going to go three and a half machine guns. All right. Okay. Uh, LPJ. All right. I'll go next. Um, this movie. It's tougher for me to watch it now than it was then because it doesn't. I don't think it holds up as well. Not that his movies hold up great, but this one in particular is a little rough for me. Um, although I do still really enjoy it, and I think Dolph Lundgren is a great villain in this. Um, I, I'm going to go three machine guns with this one, uh, and I, I think I'm pretty much in line with you, uh, LBJ. Uh, I, as we said before, this was my first viewing of it. You know, it, it was a quick watch. It wasn't, you know, sometimes we watch movies in this that are slog, you know, and it kind of got right to it. And, um, 
I will say that, like, until that very end scene, though, I mean, there was the fight, and you don't get a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme being, like, Jean-Claude Van damme in this, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Like, there's the fight scene at the end, and he, he does a little bit in the in the scene in the diner, but other than that, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it was really showcasing his skills, and, and like you said, I, I think he, this is not, I don't know what he was going for for his performance as this Unisol, but it was almost like you're like, he, they were like, he's like, I'm a robot who doesn't remember anything. Like, I don't, like, I don't quite get what he was going for. I like, like you said, Dolph Lundgren did a much better job than him. Uh, but it was, it was a fun watch and the, the action scene was good. I really like that bus thing. So, um, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it three machine guns as well. Excellent. I'm all right with that. You know what? And that makes sense considering neither of us tried to buy an ear necklace. <laughs> it's true. But can yeah. you imagine if I had it now, guys? What, yeah, how can much you, would it be worth? Can you imagine if this episode is released and we just had a picture of Dave wearing the ear necklace? <laughs> <laughs> It'd go uh, well for, it would go quite well for us. <laughs> um, I think we I think we did it. I think we covered just about everything, unless anyone has any dangling threads. No. If there on the off chance of the person who did buy that ear necklace is listening to this, <laughs> contact us. And yeah. I'm not saying we're gonna work out a deal. <laughs> no, but you sent us an email, last action uh last action podcast at gmail.com. Or no, sorry, last action pcast at uh at gmail.com. Send us a picture. Let us uh, let us let us see the necklace. We want to see the necklace. Yes, we do. We definitely do. <laughs> and I wonder if it's the same. If they just use the same one, or if like, no, no, we need a separate ear necklace for like the second round. You know, I don't know. Does he have ear necklace? Does he have ear necklaces in the other movies? You know, I don't know. But he's got uh, no, at the beginning know. of this movie and at the end of this movie. So he has, oh. he has a, a nineteen sixty nine yeah. one and a nineteen ninety four one. Well, they were like when they froze the body. They're like, this seems like it's important to him. Let's freeze this with him too. <laughs> well, also if you remember when that's the line he says to Tom Van Dam, she has such beautiful, lovely ears. Oh yeah, I forgot he says that. Uh, like that's his thing. Like you'd think like it's like okay, well he's just you think like he's doing it like you know because of, like the horror of war, like you know like, people taking scalps or whatever. It's like no, he just loves ear necklaces. You know. <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> all right well anyway uh so thank you to uh all the listeners we appreciate it uh yep. we got a lot of shows here uh on the games of the network we got noobs and dragons which is one of my favorite shows because you know i'm on you're, it because you're on it because <laughs> i'm because i'm not only on it i'm on it playing a character currently based on jean-claude van damme named jean-claude pierre paul otherwise known as jesse pp <laughs> <laughs> yes nice it's pretty great it man sphinx gets so mad at me <laughs> i believe it yeah it's really i kind of created the character just to bother him uh um, well he he does seem to get out of, of a lot of jean-claude van damme movies <laughs> yeah but not enough apparently because he's still he's still hard he's still really mad about hard target yeah well he didn't remember he didn't he did not like sudden death either so no that's true <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway, so uh, we got the Gamezilla podcast on Monday or on Tuesdays. I'm sorry. We got uh, uh, Thursdays. We got uh, Legend of Retro. We got Noiseland Arcade, which is our Simpson podcast. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, we got yep. st- great streamers like Grimm's streaming on Mixer. We got uh, Miggy streaming on Mixer for us. We got all kinds of stuff. A little bit, a little bit for everybody. Just check us out at GamezillaMedia.com. You can find links to all of our stuff on there. Um, you can also find a link to our Patreon. 
So we want to thank all of our patrons. We really appreciate your support. We've uh, had a few people uh, actually sign up for Patreon recently, and it's helped us out. Um, we have a, a few extra expenses now, uh, keeping the studio clean. We've had to add some things to it with the pandemic going on. And uh, all the money that you guys have contributed to Patreon have helped us kind of start to get back up and running uh, and get our studio back up and running so we can provide you with you know, higher quality shows than what we're able to present you with currently. So thank you to all our patrons. Yeah. We really do appreciate it. We, we do. Thank you so much. We appreciate the support. Yep. Um, and, uh, and thank you to Dave, Dave, thanks yeah. for finally being able to be on our show. Honestly, as far as guests go, you were one of the first people I wanted to have on. Yeah. And obviously the situation in our studio with all the animals would have killed you. And yeah. so you know, we're glad that you're able to finally be on now. It's, I really, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. And if you, if they want to have me on one of the video game podcasts to talk about Wing Commander Three, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I bet we could make that happen. Dave, Dave's first appearance on this podcast is set for the Lost Patreon. Yeah, yeah the the, <laughs> the like two and a half hours I rambled about Mad Max movies. Yeah, I was never able to get that edited properly. <laughs> I will, I will try and revisit that when I go to revisit the other episodes. I still have to edit. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you don't no. have to do it for my account. It was, I, I said a lot. But yeah. yeah, no, Dave, thank you uh, for being it's, – it's great to have you on. We have talked about wanting to have you on for a uh, long time, and it was great to kind of finally get the circumstances and everything right for it to happen. So uh, I was excited because I knew this was one that I could do less prep because I'm like, oh, Dave, I'll have a lot to say. That's true. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I had a great time, guys. Thanks. You're very welcome. And, and, and that being said – Yes. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But. But. We'll be back. I'm going to edit all that out. That's good. Cool. <laughs>